So I'd like to welcome you all here for this retreat. It's really, um, it's really a joy, a delight for me to be here. I hope it is for you also. Um, there are, I see, a, a few familiar faces, but lots of new faces. So welcome, welcome to all. Um, just want to ask, how many, how many have traveled more than, let's say, two hours to get here? Mm. Almost mm. everyone. <laughs> how many have traveled more than, can I say five hours? That's a long time to travel in England, isn't it? How many have traveled more than five hours to get here? A few. Good, okay. Thank you. All right, I'm just, I'm just asking that because uh, I'll mention it right now. We've actually been contemplating a, a small change in the schedule tomorrow morning. And um, who's the wake-up bell ringer? The wake up bell ringer here? No? <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> um, all right, I'll come back. Maybe the wake up bell ringer will come. All right, so, so welcome, welcome to all. We're um, really, really happy to be here and to be with you all and looking forward to spending these days these days together. And, um, and for, for those of you who are, who are here for the first time at Gaia House, or those of you who are first time on a retreat, um, a special welcome to you. And, um, and hopefully, rather than being a retreat, it will be a treat. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just like to, just like to stay, say from the start that um, the the beginning part of retreat is very much a settling in, and and for those of you who are here for first time, sometimes the settling in is not so settled in by the time we begin. Um, but um, trust that that we will all get settled and um, and settled into just being here. Oh, I might I might just mention for those of you who don't know who don't know us, I'm Norman and this is Brad. <laughs> and you'll get to meet us more through these days. It's a bit like two Ronnies, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so uh welcome from me. And uh I just want to acknowledge Norman's saying maybe this can be a treat as well as a retreat. And to acknowledge that there's something that has drawn each of us here um, that is interested in waking up, that is interested in maybe being present, that is interested in connection. I just want to acknowledge in each of us there's a there's been an attraction, a to come here to explore these themes. And maybe for some of us it's, it's more than just an attraction. Sometimes it can be a real deep yearning to know this existence, to know this life, and to know ourselves. And the extraordinary gift of, of a human birth, of a human life that each of us have 
And this retreat is an opportunity to know this intimately, to really come close and closer to this experience of this life. So at the heart of this practice is very simple. And us being human beings, we're very complex. And I just want to take some time just to acknowledge that and to acknowledge the there's a movement in us that has drawn us here. And over these days, the knowing of that movement, the knowing of this attraction to come here and to explore, may get lost in the drama <laughs> or the experience of, of this retreat. Because we get involved in all sorts of inner and outer experiences. <clears throat> so a welcoming to you all to these five days to be here in the simplicity of what a retreat can be and to the extraordinary holding that Gaia House offers us. Not many places on the planet, certainly not many places in the Western world, that offer this holding that where we can just drop and drop out of the busyness of everyday life, of lists upon lists of things to do, and to drop into the simplicity of being here. There's nothing to do. And just a, a deeper and deeper resting in this experience as it shows, whatever it may be. So I'm Brad and I'll be exploring the Qigong part of this retreat with you. So I'm curious, who's Who's never been to Guy House before? It's kind of, whoa. So just have a look around, not, not to kind of get embarrassed, but just to realize that if you haven't been here before, you're not alone. Yeah? So it's, quite, it's a majority, actually. More than half the group haven't been here before. And like Norman said, a real particular welcome to each of you first time here, because... I don't know what it's like for you because I've been here so much. In arriving here today, I was trying to get a sense of what it would be like to be here for the first time. To come into these corridors and see people walking silently and and to get a sense of what what's it like to arrive. It may not be that easy. Maybe quite confronting. It might be a relief. But to really give yourself the space, especially if you're here for the first time, to arrive here, it can take a little while. It might take a few minutes, it might take a few hours, it might take a few days, the sense of just really arriving into this location, this place, and this structure, this retreat. <clears throat> and that will be the theme, that will be the 
focus, that will be the intention of the practice of the Qigong for the first period of time. We'll see how long it takes us to arrive. Yeah, so the beginning of the practice of Qigong will be quite physical. There's many, many ways that we can practice the Qigong. But we're going to start with a relatively physical practice. And in that physical practice is a chance to really just free up the body, free up some of the tension and stress in the body, just kind of loosen up. And part of the effect of that is just to help us land in the body and land on the ground to really have a sense of what it's like to be in this body and be connected to the ground. So that will be the first part of the practice, quite a physical practice. We've all got different capacities with that. You might find that you need to be gentle and take breaks. So really listen to what your body needs at any time during the retreat, and particularly with the Qigong at the beginning when we're more physical. If you need to take a break, please do. Don't push yourself beyond what your body's saying it can manage. It's really okay to rest and stop. So that will be the focus for the first few days or first period of time with the Qigong to really just free up a bit of space, free up some capacity in this body, heart and mind so that we can actually explore being here. It's a bit like um, the analogy of a computer. Like my hard drive on my computer was like 98% full. So the computer wasn't working very well. And I just got more and more fed up and frustrated with it until the person that helps me said, well, how much space have you got left on your hard drive? I said, a gigabyte or two. He said, you've just got a ditch five or ten gigs just to free up a bit of space I did that and the computer worked fine so it's a bit like that when, you know, drawing a comparison with a computer is it's a bit dodgy because we're not robots yeah, we're human, we've got hearts but it's something similar we just need to free up some capacity because more and more we're having to process so much information as human beings. Now we process constantly so much information. And what we find is when our hard drive, when our kind of mind is full of that information, we can either get overwhelmed or we can shut down. It's like it's hard to really get what's going on because we're just full up. So part of the practice of the Qigong is just a little bit of emptying. Just to free up five or ten gigabytes worth of capacity on that hard drive. So we can really explore more of being here with a bit more space internally. <clears throat> so hands up if you've, if you've never done Qigong before. So, wow. Mm. That's interesting. So about 50-50, so quite a lot of Qigong. So you might find, if you've done Qigong before, <clears throat> that what we're doing here is quite different. There's many 
hundreds or thousands of forms of Qigong. So you might be used to practicing in a particular way and what we're doing here might seem very different. So what I suggest is whatever you've done in the past, just kind of set aside and just see what it's like to practice what we're doing here. Because the practice of the Qigong is very specific to this environment and this retreat and this teaching. So um, I've adapted the Qigong to kind of really work with a retreat environment and to really assist the deepening of the meditation practice. So that's the intention with the Qigong. So some forms of Qigong are very much about moving energy and directing energy in quite directive ways. We're not going to be directive in that way with the practice of the Qigong here. Again, it's more initially just to free up some space and then we turn our focus more internal. And it's more of a being than a doing practice. Initially with the amount of physical work it might seem like a doing practice. After a period of time we become much more interested in the being part of this practice. Which in a way is a practice of surrendering to this moment in this body, heart and mind. Non-directive. More receptive. More sense of opening into rather than trying to get anywhere and direct. <clears throat> so those of you that haven't practiced Qigong before, in a way you've got a bit of a head start. We say... You're, you're coming with beginner's mind. Yeah? There's less to kind of reference or refer to or compare. So in a way that beginner's mind is also really what I was trying to do when I arrived here today, is just to see Guy House afresh. See if we can see ourselves afresh. See if we can engage with this practice afresh. Each moment. Each moment. It's never happened before. Each moment is new. Each moment is full of potential. You don't know what's going to happen. Each moment. Dare we be that fresh with ourselves? So, from that perspective, let's We're going to stand up for about 10 minutes and just practice some Qigong again just to free things up a little bit. Then I'll pass you back to Norman who's got some other things to, to talk about. So if you want to stand up. So if you want to have enough space that you're going to do this without knocking anybody's teeth out. Yeah? Uh, if you're finding that you can't see or can't hear, please come up closer. There's plenty of space at the front. Yeah, so just do this. Make sure you can move your arms without knocking anybody out. Good. So we'll just start with a basic stance, feet about shoulder width apart. I'm just going to do a little bit of bouncing, just to have that sense of emptying 
bouncing with a sense of light bouncing through your feet. And as you bounce through your feet, you can just imagine whatever's heavy in your body or in your mind or your heart is able just to empty out. It might be the traffic jam you're in. It might be the guy on the mobile on the train or it might be in the rain that got you wet or anything that's kind of sticking around your body, your heart, your mind. Just imagine it emptying to the ground. As you bounce, just let your body respond and free up. And let your shoulders free up. Get those shoulders moving up and down. Okay, I'm going to get into some breathing qigong. So, deepen your breathing. Breathe in, and raise your shoulders up to your ears. Breathe out. <laughs> Again, it's bouncing. Just <clears throat> so imagine your soles of your feet can open, weight goes through your feet into the ground. Again, as you shake, just get those shoulders moving, free up the breath. Deep breath, raise your shoulders. Breathe out. Okay, so move your feet. Move your feet, let your body respond. adaptation from some other kind of movement practices. I like to explore how movement is used in different traditions. So, see if we've got enough space for this one. Try this one. Okay, that's pretty good. Try this one. <laughs> hey, very good. Does that feel better? <laughs> uh, 
in China where Qigong comes from, they, they don't say we're going to work hard at Qigong, they say we're going to play Qigong. So there's a, quite a, a playful element in the practice. Okay, then coming to that shoulder which stunts again. <clears throat> Just imagine your feet can, can breathe. And that the heavy element of the body, the kind of stress and tension, is just drawn back to the ground, through your feet. It can be like a streaming or some emptying through. Good. And again, just breathe into your belly if you can and raise your shoulders. Deep breath. Breathe out. That's <laughs> ah, more full sound. Right. Again, just freeing up the feet. A little bit of shaking now, so again, feet shoulder width, shake your hips, softening your, your lower belly, shake your hips. Imagine you've got a really long tail, <laughs> and you've been promised a very long walk. <laughs> Some people couldn't embellish it, and imagine the tail's all sorts of colours. To you if you want to do that, but just really long tail. Shake your tail. Shake your hands. Good, and then shake your shoulders. Shake your jaw. Okay, a bit of multitasking. Put all that together. <laughs> Hips, shoulders, and jaw. Good. Just shake that loose again, like that. Sense of just emptying any tension. Yeah. Okay, let the shaking come to stillness. And just bring your focus more into the experience of your body. You can open the gesture of the hands, it's out to the side like this. Open the palms, open the hands, feet. And open your awareness to connect to your body. However you experience your body, just connect to whatever's 
showing itself to you, whatever's coming into the forefront of your awareness in your body. Rest with that. Might be a sense of warmth or tingling, vibration. Might be a sense of energy or tiredness, heaviness or lightness. Just knowing directly this life of this body right now. Resting in body. Good, so as much as you can, staying with your body, staying in connection with your body. And just move back to sitting in the cushion, we'll continue. <laughs> so I'd like to um, like to speak a little bit about um, <coughs> about the structure of the retreat and the design of the retreat, and um, and begin by saying that. The, the whole structure of the retreat, the whole way that the retreat is constructed and is presented is intended as a support for your practice, for the, the meditation, the, the sitting meditation, the walking meditation, and the qigong. And, um, and I might just at this point just kind of emphasize that um, Brad and I take the approach, and hopefully all of you will take the approach, that what we refer to as meditation and what we refer to as qigong are in fact both meditation and qigong. Um, So as much as possible not to make a distinction. The distinction is in the form of the body. But both are to be taken as meditation and both are to be taken as qigong. And I think as we proceed through the retreat, this will become more and more clear to you. And especially for those of you who are on retreat for the first time and, who, and those who are at Gaia's for the first time, just again to, to say that the, the way that the retreat is presented and is offered is as a support for the meditation and Qigong. And there are a number of specific ways that uh, we are all being supported here that I would like to mention at this time. 
And the first is just the, uh, the presence of Gaia House and the beautiful grounds here and the gardens and the spaciousness and the trees and the, the birds and, and all that goes with making Gaia House what it is and, and welcoming us to be here. And, of course, what goes along with that is, <coughs> excuse me, is all of the Gaia House staff working behind the scenes to, to keep things going, to, to support us. And, um, you know, with all the, the office work and the maintenance and the, the meals and, um, and all that goes into really helping us in being here. And then... Um, Second thing I'd like to mention is um, myself and Brad, our presence. And the reason that we are here, and I really want to emphasize this, the reason that we are here is to support you. If you weren't all here, believe me, we wouldn't <laughs> be here. <laughs> so we are here because of you, and we are here for you. And, and, um, and in being here to support you, we'll be supporting you with... Um, with instructions, with guided qigong, with guided meditations, with um, small group meetings, and with opportunity for individual meetings. And I'd really like to emphasize that at any time during the retreat, if you're having some struggle with the practice or if there's something about the, the meditation qigong that you don't understand, please contact one of us. Please make use of us. That's why we're here. Okay, not not to feel that you would be bothering us or troubling us or that other someone else's question might be more important. But to really to really get that that we're here to support you. And the <clears throat> third thing I'd like to mention is um, um, in the in the opening talk earlier this evening, um, Gerald referred to the five precepts, and they're also posted out there. And I'd encourage you to to be to um, to read them and to to have some kind of understanding of of what they are and just just to to be aware some awareness of these five precepts. And I'd like to say that the the precepts are very much intended as supports, and they support us in many ways. Um, one way they support us is in, and, and if, you, if you listen to them and if you've read them, um, if you give any reflection to them at all, you, we, we see that what the precepts are about is relationship. And the reason that, that the Buddha put in the precepts was to give guidance on how to be together in community, harmoniously. And so the, the precepts are very much about living together in community. And this is a, it's a pretty full retreat. We're a, a fairly large community living in rather close quarters. And so the, the precepts give us guidance. They give us guidance in terms of how to be with, how to show respect to each other, how to show respect to the property, how to show respect to ourselves. And, um, and in this, the precepts form a, uh, a kind of a foundation of trust and security. They provide an atmosphere of safety where we can really allow ourselves to settle in 
to just being here in this moment and not have to worry about what's going on out there or what someone else is doing or what's happening to my things. But just to to really have that sense of safety and security, to be able to allow ourselves to really settle and to be with the practice. And the, the, the precepts also support us in giving us opportunities to practice. So the, the precepts are, are asking us, the, the precepts aren't telling us what to do and what not to do, but they're providing guidelines for practice. And the actual wording of the precepts is, I undertake the training. So the precepts are practices. So they give us opportunities to practice speech. They give us opportunities to practice living in a way that's free from harm and ill will. They give us opportunity to practice living honestly, being honest. Okay, so they're, they're calling on us to pay attention to how we are in our lives and, and to, to set an intention for, for living a way that is harmonious and that is in community. So the, so the precepts are very much a support for us in, in this practice and on the retreat. And um, one, of the, um, one of the precepts is, um, is speaking truthfully. And, um, and with respect to that, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, somewhat, it's made somewhat easier because on the retreat we're in silence. <laughs> And Brad's going to speak a little bit more about that. Um, so I just want to point that out. And, um, and, and as, as part of that, as part of the, the, the not speaking, and as part of the, the living in community, um, I just, just want to, to point out, and Brad will probably speak a little bit more about this, but the, the, the emphasis of the practice is really about bringing attention within our own experience from moment to moment and not being so concerned about what's going on out there and so just just to 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 really emphasize that and but at the same time to point out that if someone really does seem to you to be in crisis <laughs> or if someone seems to be having a difficult time please let myself or Brad know and not to, not to feel that it's your job or your responsibility to, to help that person. But just to let us know, and, um, and so that there is this sense of bringing the attention within, but at the same time, we do at times become aware of the, the outer. Okay, so the precepts and... Um, the, um, the last thing I want to specifically refer to is the schedule. And the schedule, again, really is intended as a support for the practice. For those of you who haven't been on retreat before, um, I'm not sure if the, if the schedule for tomorrow was posted. Has it been posted yet? Yes. Okay, so you've looked at it. And those of you who haven't been on retreat before may have looked at it and thought, oh my God, there's no breaks in here. <laughs> There's no rest periods. There's no going for a walk period. Um, there's no spa time. <laughs> uh, 
And, uh, and, and just <laughs> to really emphasize that, that the intention of the schedule is as a support. And, and one way that it's, it's a real support, and it's a way that, that isn't always obvious at the beginning, but as we settle more and more into the retreat, I think we start to feel it as a support in that this, by, by following the schedule, we don't have to think about, oh, what could I be doing now? Or what would be better than this? Or where do I have to go now? Or what's, what's happening now? Or um, We just look at the schedule and it says, oh, sitting meditation. Ah, oh, okay, let me just sit. Ah, it's Qigong. Ah, time for Qigong. And so the, so the schedule takes away this whole area of making decisions. And we spend so much of our time making decisions and so much mental energy and effort goes into making decisions. And it takes up so much energy. And just to really take this opportunity to just, oh, okay, I don't have to think about what to do. I can just sit. Or I can just walk. Or I can just do whatever Brad is leading in the Qigong. I can just bounce around. Okay, so 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 really seeing this the schedule as a support, and yet at the same time, as Brad said, with the qigong, if there's something that you can't do, then just sit down. If you're in here for a qigong session and it's too vigorous for you, just to sit down. If you get shaky, just sit down. And in the meditation, similarly, if if something is overwhelming, I'll, I'll give suggestions on how, how to be with that. So if you're sitting with your eyes closed, for example, and, and something gets really overwhelming, it's just... Just open your eyes and look around a little bit. And not to, not to feel tied to a form. Okay, really allowing for settling and being with what's happening. So, so using the schedule as, as a support in, in many different ways and on many, many different levels. And so um, a couple of things I'd like to, um, like to point out. Um, one is that the, um, the first sitting after, after breakfast at 9.30 is the time when I will give the meditation instructions for the day. So that's a really important sitting to be here for. Okay, so I really ask that everyone be here for that period. And then right after that at 10.30 is the period when Brad will give the major Qigong instructions for the day. And so that's also a really important period to be here for. And then um, the, the sitting at 3.15... It doesn't say it on the schedule, but most days, possibly every day, that will be a guided sitting meditation. And during that time, I will often give some new instructions. So that's also a very important period to be here for. Okay, so, so just to um, just want to point out those aspects of the schedule and point out those particular times and um, and and encourage you to really use the 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 schedule, use the precepts, use the the form of Gaia House, the grounds, use myself and Brad 
as supports for your practice. And, and in, so, in so doing, really giving space, really giving space for, for the practice to do the work rather than you doing the work. Allowing yourselves to be so that the practice has an opportunity to, to reveal, to reveal understanding, insight, liberation. Okay, so, Brad. <clears throat> so another of the supports that we'd like to offer here on retreat is the support of silence. And uh, it's not a shh kind of silence. It's not a don't speak kind of silence. It's a silence that is a fundamental part of the practice where we let go of how we in everyday life through our conversation externalize our energy, our attention to another. And through deciding not to speak for five days. It's a bit like turning the tap off so that we're not energetically flooding out but also that we can then begin to bring the focus much more to this experience in this body, in this moment. And I know for some of us it, it can be the most liberating part of a retreat. There's no one that you have to speak to. There's no kind of needing to get to know anybody. There's no having to make small talk or say what you do or justify your existence. Yeah, there's none of that. And I know for some of us, it's the most challenging part of the practice. Because we can feel alone or isolated. So I want to acknowledge that it's both of those. And sometimes, for some of us, it's both of those at different times. And it is a really important support here for the meditation, the inquiry, the qigong and the, the drawing our focus it's almost like we in the practice we, we take a turn, we turn around 180 degrees from focused outside to focus inside focus to connection here. And part of the, the practice of the silence is, is um, many faceted. So we could say, oh, I can't speak, but I'll leave lots of notes. You know, it's very easy then to kind of become a, a note writing retreat where 
you kind of leave Norman a, a note, and leave myself or Norman a note at the end of each session with a list of twelve questions. And, yeah, so just watch that that energy with which we go into conversation and talking. We can then put it into many different things. It could be into note writing or into note taking. Yeah, so please do leave us a note if you if you really need to make contact. But I suggest you don't leave other people notes. Other don't leave notes to the person sitting sitting next to you, asking them how how they're doing. But to really just bring focus back internally. And if you're a person who likes to write a journal, I'd suggest to just put the journal aside for these days. If there's something that's really important, like a a clear insight, a realisation, and you want to put that down onto paper, that's okay, but keep it really simple. Don't write a whole movie. And we have had people come on retreats who have literally written a whole book by the end of the retreat because the mind so entertaining comes up with all sorts of screenplays we don't need to go to the movies sometimes on retreat because it's all going on in here the, one of the keys to that is not to fuel the mind's home movie capacity the entertainment system of the mind by not engaging with by not writing lots. And also to not read. So that we're, well, the intention is that we're not putting more information in. Because most of us are full already. So we want to clear some of that space on the hard drive and just give ourselves a break from more input. So I really strongly suggest not to be reading on the retreat. If you bought that special novel that you just want to finish, leave it to the side. Yeah. Um, sometimes you might find where it's like, sometimes the mind gets desperate for a bit of information. And you might find yourself standing by one of the signs that says, please wash your hands after this or that. And you're reading it ten times. Just watch that if that's what happens. It's the mind looking for ways of entertaining itself. Just recognize that. Wake up in that. Um, If you're here with someone that you know, the kindest thing you can do is to leave them be. It's to not be writing them notes. Not to talk with them. Not as a way of avoiding, but to really give them space. A um, bit of a maybe sometimes a sensitive subject around this is if you brought a mobile with you, switch it off, keep it off, resist the temptation to text or to call. If for some reason you've given your mobile out as an emergency number because of something happening at home. What I'd suggest you do is that you give them Guy House's number. Just text them Guy House's number so if there's an emergency, they can contact Guy House. So you can really just begin to let go 
of what's happening for you in the outside world. And if there is an emergency, they can contact Guy House. And then Guy House can come to you. So you can really begin to let go of some of the stimulation and the input. As we settle over these few days, sometimes the atmosphere in the hall can be very still. And sometimes we can have a sense of almost that we can hear the silence. And then we can begin to realize if the person next to us is wearing very noisy clothing or, you know, we become so sensitized. So just a, a word about being mindful of that. If you, if you, when you're leaving the hall, especially after a few days, that sense of silence becomes quite heightened. So just in the coming and the going, just taking care. And we request that when you come to a period of sitting or, or the qigong, that you stay for the whole period, unless there's an emergency, unless you really need to leave, because you need to go to the loo. But that there's not a coming and the going, that you arrive in time, and that you stay for the duration. <clears throat> and again, if you really need to leave because there's an emergency and you've got to go to the loo or something like that, that's fine, obviously. Um, hmm. Any questions about any of that? Anything to clarify? Yes, please. Um, it sounds like, um, do you expect us to come to every single session? That would be one expectation. Um, but it sounds like, you know, there's some we definitely should be here for and others that are perhaps not so crucial. Yeah. You've got to find your, your way with the schedule. Some of us will come and look at it and kind of go, I'm going to do everything. You know, and if for some reason you miss a schedule, uh, miss a session, you're kind of beating yourself up because you've missed something. You've got to find your own way. The schedule, like Norman said, is here to support you. It's a really way of holding us and giving us a focus. And sometimes you might find that what you need, you're exhausted and you might need to lie down. Yeah. So we're offering this schedule as a way of support and you've also got to see sometimes what you really need. And like Norman was saying, there's some key sessions where we're giving instructions for the day. And it's pretty important to be here for that. Otherwise you might find that you're really not sure what we're talking about for the rest of the day. Yeah. And if, if there's anything more specific around that that you want to ask, do, do come and see one of us. And in the, in the silence, there's opportunities to talk. So we'll, um, you'll all be in a small group of about eight or nine people and we'll meet with you a couple of times during the retreat in a small group situation. And there's an opportunity to exercise your vocal cords, yeah? an opportunity to, to share how things are, an opportunity to express what's happening and if there's any questions, to ask us questions. And again, if you find that you really need some contact with us, please do leave a note and we'll make time. 
we don't put up a do not disturb sign here. You know, we're here to be disturbed. Yeah, to to really reach out to us if you're needing support. Any anybody else with any any questions about what we've said so far? Something else that just comes to mind. Um, if you have any questions on a more practical nature, uh, then please do leave a note for the managers. You know, if you've, I don't know if if you if you need earplugs or toothpaste or you know things like that or an extra blanket for your bed or things like that. If it's on a more practice nature or if it's more to do with your well-being then please do contact us. I think that's it for now. <clears throat> really, it does begin to sound like the two Ronnies. All right, come back to the schedule. <laughs> Is the wake-up bell ringer here? <laughs> no. Okay, the... Um, We'll give the wake-up bell ringer a bit of a surprise in the morning. Um, when you hear the wake-up bell in the morning at 6 o'clock, <laughs> if you like, you can ignore it. <laughs> the wake-up bell person will come in here at 6.30 for Qigong, maybe. <laughs> and it's quite possible no one else will be here. <laughs> Um, at um, 7 o'clock will be a voluntary sitting meditation period. Okay, so if you'd like to come in, if you'd like to come in at 6.30 and do Qigong, please, please feel free to. If you'd like to come in at 7 o'clock and sit until breakfast, please do. But it's, um, it's, it's being removed from the schedule for tomorrow, just for tomorrow morning just to give us all, particularly those of us who traveled more than five hours to get here, to give us an opportunity to sleep in a little bit and, and help to, to settle in a little bit. And then, um, and then from 7.30 breakfast is, is the regular schedule. So is that, is that clear for everyone except the bell ringer? <laughs> okay. Is the, um, is the 6.30 bell ringer here, the... The bell ringer for um, what time would it be? Six twenty-three. Do we have bell ringers? <laughs> Are there any bell ringers here? <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, six thirty is a voluntary qigong yeah. session, and seven is a voluntary sitting right, period. So we'll breakfast, yeah. So you're free to sleep in until breakfast if you like. 
And if you don't want breakfast, you're free to sit in and sleep in until 8.15. We've got a Chris Austin here. Chris Austin? Ah, okay. That's uh, 6 a.m. And uh, Paul W. Phil. Phil, sorry. Phil. Oh. Phil, 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 so both of them went to bed early so they'd be able to get up to ring the bell. <laughs> All right, it'll be an interesting morning. <laughs> All right, so I'd like to, um, we were hoping to end a little bit early this evening. I'd <laughs> like to just um, speak a little bit about the, the meditation aspect, the sitting meditation aspect, and then do a, a short, a short sitting, and um, I was I was reflecting this afternoon on how um, just um, what a, a wonderful privilege it is, and, a, and it's a real joy that I I get to come here from Canada every year at this time of year, and um, it really is wonderful. I left Canada, and there was snow on the ground, and it was cold, and and I come here, and it's spring. The daffodils are out, and it's it's really wonderful. Um, but I was also reflecting this afternoon on how when I came two years ago, it was in the middle of a great financial breakdown, the, an economic breakdown. And when I came last year, there was the, um, the volcano, and I almost didn't get to go home. <laughs> and I come this year, and there's this great tragedy happening in Japan. And, and just reflecting... Thought that went very briefly through my mind. Is this what happens when I come to England? <laughs> uh, but um, but just just um, just reflecting on on these on these um, these these really very um, tragic events, and and of course through the year through the through the past the past couple of years there have been lots more of these of these tragic events. And as reflecting on how these how these events can really be used as practice, and um, and and I look at I look at these events and, and looking and most most immediately looking at, at what's happening in Japan and and really acknowledging the great tragedy and the, and the suffering in it and the 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 loss of homes and families and jobs and just so much destruction and, and this, this great threat of, of the radiation. And, and, and looking at it from, from the perspective of the meditation and from the perspective of the Buddhist teachings, just seeing, seeing in this a number of, of really important points. And, and one is seeing, recognizing how in just an instant our whole lives can change. You know, just just in the in the instant of that earthquake and in the instant of that tsunami 
and the in the instant of the explosion in the in the first reactor, just in those instants, in the in those single moments, such dramatic change in the lives of so many people. And this this the 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 the, the speediness and the, and the drama of the change just stands out so clearly. And we see, we feel all the suffering that comes about from these sudden changes. And, and, and it, it, it's, I, I find it very, very important to, to recognize these moments of change and the suffering that comes with them and to, to recognize that, in fact, change is happening all the time for us. And it's, it's, it's very tragic, I would say, that so often, for so many of us, it takes such a dramatic change to kind of wake us up to the fact that things change and with this change, or kind of bound up in, in this change, is to recognize the unreliability, the undependability of things that we take for granted. And things that we assume almost won't change. We can, we can see the 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 unreliability, the undependability of these things. You know, take take these 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 reactors, these nuclear reactors. For so many people, there's such a a dependency on them. And and for so many people there's a there's a conviction that they're safe, they're secure, they're solid. And and then just in a moment it's all shaken. Literally, as well as metaphorically. And we see that it's not so reliable. It's not so dependable. It's not so safe and secure. And again, in fact, we have that sense, that relationship of dependence and the sense of reliability on so many things, on things, on ourselves, on people who we're with, partners, families, friends. And this, the, these, these incidences, these very dramatic, very tragic incidences are hopefully waking us up to the fact that ultimately we can't depend on what's out there. And these events and this this um, this this whole situation in Japan is very clearly pointing to how what's happening there isn't only happening there. It's affecting all of us. It has an impact on all of us, and it points to the interconnectedness of all of us. It points to the relationship, how we're all in relationship. And what happens in one place affects everywhere else. What happens to one person affects everyone else. And these 
these these these three things, the these three things of the the impermanence, the unreliability, and the interconnectedness are three points that that the Buddha point to pointed to over and over and over again, and we can very easily see these as kind of negative things. We can we can see that out of these out of these arises so much of our suffering. And yet the Buddha pointed to these three things as the gateway, the gateways to the ending of suffering. In in Pali, in the language of the Buddha's teachings, the word that's translated as suffering is dukkha. It's spelled D-U-K-K-H-A, dukkha. And it's most commonly translated as suffering, but unreliability is also an aspect of dukkha. Um, Dukkha can be probably more clearly defined or described as um, unsatisfactoriness. It's... it's, um, it's currently being defined or described as, and I, th- and I think it's quite an apt description, being described as stress, conflict. It's defined by the Buddha as not getting what we want and getting what we don't want. Wanting things to be different than they are. And the Buddha pointed out how how dukkha arises from these three characteristics of impermanence, of unreliability, and of interconnectedness. Interconnectedness is an interesting one because we we think of well when we're connected, it's wonderful, you know, we feel great when we're when we're connected. But sometimes, very often, and, and in, the, in this case, we see how the, the interconnectedness, with the interconnectedness, the tragedy in Japan becomes a tragedy elsewhere. Sometimes we see it in relationships, too. We see when we're in a relationship that a, a, a relationship often brings up unsatisfactoriness, brings up difficulty, brings up stress. And so it's very easy to see these three characteristics from a, from a negative point of view, but to the Buddha, these were gateways to liberation. And in a sense, the, the essence of the meditation practice is waking up to these characteristics in a way that there's an, in a way that there's an understanding, an understanding comes that allows for a, a releasing a settling, a relaxing into what is. It doesn't mean relaxing into passivity. It doesn't mean relaxing into denial. It doesn't mean relaxing into ignoring. But just an allowing for the, re- the, the being to relax into, ah, this is how it is. And not to be struggling with it not to be caught up in stress in relationship, in a stressful relationship with whatever it is, but to be able to relate in a way that is free of stress, in a way that is free 
of struggle. To be able to relate to ourselves, because we have lots of struggles with ourselves, to be able to relate to others, and to be able to relate to world situations, to to outer situations, in a way that is harmonious, that's peaceful, that's calm, that's centered, that's present, that's skillful, to relate in a way that comes not from reactivity, not from fear, not from anger, not from greed, but from a place of wisdom and compassion. And this is, this is what, the, what the teachings and what the practice are pointing at. And through these days, we'll be speaking more about these different aspects of the practice, and we'll be offering practices and offering forms that really allow us to settle into what is and to, to be open, hopefully, to be open to what is, to be able to, to recognize and to acknowledge life as it's showing within our own beings. And sometimes it will be with ease. Sometimes it will be with difficulty. Sometimes the experience will be pleasant. Sometimes the experience will be unpleasant. And sometimes, often the most difficult, sometimes the experience will be quite neutral and maybe boring. And the practice is to open to all of it, however it's showing. This is life. And so we begin, as, 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 Brad, as Brad mentioned a little bit, we begin by allowing ourselves the opportunity to really settle, <clears throat> just to settle into being here. And for some of us, as Brad said, that may take a couple of hours. For some, it may take a couple of days. More commonly, it's a couple of days. So encouragement for lots of patience with yourselves, particularly in the first couple of days. Lots of gentleness and kindness to yourselves in the first couple of days particularly. Allowing, allowing for the different waves to come and as much as possible not, not getting too caught up in them. Knowing that they're impermanent just as everything else is. The waves will pass. So we we use the the beginning part of the treat of the retreat, the treat, the retreat, very much as a time for settling, and we settle, we settle primarily. We begin by very much settling into the experience of the body, allowing the body to come to rest to being here. And the reason we choose the body in the beginning is because the experience of the body is very much the experience of the present. The experience of the body is what's actually happening. The mind is 
much more interesting most of the time. We can find much more fascination in the mind, but when we look, we see that the mind is very much in the past or in the future. And the practice is to open to what is, to bring attention to what is. And so we bring attention to the bodily experience. And so we'll, we'll do a, a short sitting period now, and I'll just give some very brief instructions. And then tomorrow morning in the 9.30 sitting, I'll give much more detailed instruction about the, the sitting practice and the settling. <coughs> and um, I'll also give um, a little bit more detailed instruction tomorrow morning about posture. Because very often for settling, the most difficult part is finding a body posture that allows us to have some degree of ease and to settle. Okay, so for now, we just allow ourselves to settle into a sitting posture. And the one thing I'll say about the sitting, or a couple of things I'll say about the sitting posture now. One is that the most important thing with the sitting is that the body be upright. Okay, so it's not slouched over, the head isn't bent down looking down at the floor, it's not up looking at the ceiling, back and the neck fairly straight. The rest of the body, the shape of your legs, doesn't matter so much. So whether you're sitting on a cushion or on a bench or on a chair, doesn't matter. But whatever you're sitting on, however you're sitting, it's really important to have the body upright and upright in a way that it's not rigidly upright, but upright in a way that there's a sense of being settled. Really allowing, as, as Brad had us settling the weight into the feet and into the ground, really allowing in the sitting posture for that same kind of settling of the body. And a couple of things to facilitate this. One is in your sitting posture to check if your knees are higher than your hips. You're going to be creating a lot of extra stress and tension in your back and make it very difficult to sit. So your knees should be lower than your hips. And if they're not, then I would suggest putting an extra cushion under you. And I'll mention this now so that tomorrow morning perhaps or later this evening you can experiment a little bit and there's lots of extra cushions in the back room and um, all kinds of things. There's benches back there, all kinds of supports. So to have have the hips higher than your knees is a real support. Uh, Just one other little trick that I was recently shown that really helps, I find it just helped tremendously with the sense of settling. So when you're sitting, take your right hand and put your right hand under your right thigh so that your fingers are kind of going up into your groin area. (laughs) And then just give a gentle pull out to the right side and gently up and then settle. Do you feel that settling when you do that? Do you feel the right side settle down? Now do the same with the left. Reach under there and just give a gentle pull to the side and up. 
And you feel the body. Yeah, you feel the body just settle right down. Okay, so we're in this sitting posture now. Knees lower than the hips. Body upright and yet settled. And just let the shoulders and the arms relax and let the hands come to rest on the knees or in, in the lap. Just finding a comfortable position for the hands. And then allowing the eyelids to find a comfortable position. So they may close, they may stay open, they may half close, but just really allowing the eyelids to find their comfortable position. And then bring the attention into the body. And just become aware of how the body is feeling right now, just sitting. Does it feel settled? Or does it feel restless? Does it feel warm or cool? Is it buzzing or is it calm? Does the body feel balanced? Or does it feel like it's falling over? Just really becoming aware of the the general experience of the body sitting. And as you sit, allowing the weight of the body to settle. Moving the awareness down through the body. And as the attention, as the awareness moves down, letting the weight of the body move down with it. And gradually coming to rest in the contact of the body with the ground. Allowing for settling, allowing for being grounded, resting on the earth, and being supported by the earth.
letting the awareness be at rest in the body and being receptive to the experience of the body just sitting. When you notice the attention leaving the body, going into thoughts, going to some other place, just simply to recognize what's happening, and then make the choice to come back to rest in the body experience. coming back to rest in how it is in this moment.
May all beings live in peace. May all beings live in harmony. May all beings be free from dukkha. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.